say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, I'm Dr. Cosmo McKinley. I'd like to tell you about a new film from the gang that gave you the Rocky Horror Show. Shock treatment. I'm not a local with no to suit you myself. I've been a cynic for too many years. Playing doctor and nurse, it can be good for your health. But if you open your heart to a smooth operator, he'll take you for all that you've got. He'll hand you a curse that'll be with you later. It'll shake you the way he takes off, like a shot. You need to be the get to jumping like a real live wire. Pathetically crazy about shock treatment. Trust me, I'm a doctor.
Hey everybody, you're listening to Conspiracy Theories in Unpopular Culture. I am your host, Isaac Wiseup. We've got a controversial show for you today. We're doing a film analysis. Yes, the film analysis is a movie you've probably never seen. I will ask you uh, to stick with me until we get to the plot where the plot spoilers begin. And then you can make that call of whether or not you want to go watch this movie and then come back. Or just plow through and let me ruin it for you. Because I'll do that. Because I actually got a lot of background information to get into before we start discussing the plot and the movie and then wrapping up with the ideas of what this movie was and then a very, very special treat at the end. We're basically going to be joined by uh, my man Al over there across the pond who's going to do a rendition from Rocky Horror Picture Show for us. And the most beautiful part about it is he is not a singer. <laughs> he doesn't know how to sing, which is great because I actually thought he was. And I'll I'll tell the story of how this happened. And that's going to be at the very end of the show. So if you get through this first part and you're like, you know what? I don't want to ruin the, the, the uh, movie, so I'll come back. You could make it to the end of the show. It's going to be roughly maybe... 15 minutes before the end of the show. You can fast forward. Okay. Shock treatment. What is it? Who's in it? Well, shock treatment, if you didn't know, is the counterpart to Rocky Horror Picture Show. Now, I'm certain you know what Rocky Horror Picture Show is. Maybe you've seen it. Maybe you haven't. I will refresh the Rocky Horror Picture Show podcast episode I did a few years back. Uh, because I wrote a whole book on Rocky Horror Picture Show, if you didn't know that. Uh, you can get it everywhere, of course. Amazon, Audible, you know the drill. Signed copies on the Gumroad. Links in the show notes. But Rocky Horror Picture Show, I grew up loving. Which explains why I'm so deranged. And there was a sequel made in 1981, and I, I dare, well, according to the actors and producers, it's not the prequel, it's not the sequel, it's the equal, because it stands on its own, which is the most appropriate way of describing it. And Shock Treatment was made about, it was released six years after Rocky Horror. Rocky Horror was 1975, to put this into context. In 1981, they released Shock Treatment. And if you watch Shock Treatment, you can see it's very much got the DNA of Rocky Horror all over the damn thing. But you have to, you have to really know you're not getting Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, because me and Josie started this movie, and we both tapped out about 15 minutes in and said, this is terrible. But then I went back in. I went back in for my man Al, because Al promised me. He said, Isaac... If you do a show about shock treatment, I'm going to sing to you whatever song you want for you to add to your little show. I said, you know what? I'm going to do this for, for the people, for the listeners. I want to be a man of the people. So I went back and I watched it, and then I watched it twice after. And now I'm, I'm like, you know what? This is great. It took a minute to wrap my mind around it. i got to be honest. I mean, when you've seen Rocky Horror 
50 times, you, uh, you have a hard time with it. You really do. But listen to who's in it and who was responsible for it. Because if you're on the fence about watching this and you love Rocky Horror, it's got the same people. The director is James Sharman, just like Rocky Horror. And it says he also directed a play about Francis Bacon called Three Furies. But I'd be curious to see. It was written by Richard O'Brien, just like Rocky Horror Picture Show. And, uh, you know, of course, Richard O'Brien infamously was Riff Raff, the, the hunchback character. And, of course, Richard O'Brien, a, a legend, he was in Dark City, right? We did a whole film analysis about that. One of the greatest films of all time. He hosted a show called The Crystal Maze that's very popular that I've never seen. I think it's a British show. Now, this is where, when I said this is going to be controversial, here's the controversial part, right? Uh, Because there was an interview with him in 2020 on The Guardian where he discussed his gender and sexuality because he's notoriously, uh, you know, what's the right term here? Non-cisgender, right? So they wanted to clarify what his sexual preferences were, because everyone wants to know, right, apparently. And uh, <laughs> uh, and what an appropriate subject to discuss right now, given the drama that occurred between Netflix and Dave Chappelle. Oh, my goodness. In fact, if you listen to Breaking Social Norms, my other podcast I do with my wife, Josie, which is a very different format, by the way, because a, a lot of people are like, they hate it because... We go all over the place, and it's like a much longer form, whereas, you know, conspiracy theories and unpopular culture is very eh, concise, right? To the point, which I understand. Totally fine. But we did two episodes discussing Netflix. Is Netflix a liberal uh, organization? And I read a whole book from the guy who started it. And yes, indeed, there's a lot of liberal ideas uh, around the basis of Netflix. And you'd have to listen to the two episodes where we discuss that. I'll put the link in the show notes if you want to try it out. But listen to what Richard O'Brien said in the interview with The Guardian. He said, because they asked him about this stuff, right? And he says, he's a very intelligent guy, apparently. He says, you and I have to be very careful here. We've seen what's been happening with J.K. Rowling. Which, if you didn't know, uh, J.K. Rowling... I think J.K. Rowling came out and said that she didn't believe that transgender women, meaning men born biologically as, sorry, women born biologically as men who identify as women. J.K. Rowling said, like, I don't think they are real women. Like, they can't have kids. Right? Which which is where the controversy lies, because everyone's like, yeah, how how would you have kids? You don't have the plumbing. But apparently that's like transphobic. Right? And that's what he says. We, we've seen what's been happening with J.K. And I could be wrong on that, but I, I I think... Well, let me look it up. Hang on. All right, I wanted to get... Sorry, I'm back now. I wanted to get this right. I was just going to gloss over it, but you know what? This is a very uh, sticky subject. But yeah, she basically said what I, what I told you. Uh, she... But, you know, she says, I respect every trans person's right to live any way that feels authentic and comfortable to them. I'd march with you if you were discriminated against on the basis of being trans. 
At the same time, my life has been shaped by being female. I do not believe it's hateful to say so. All right. So that's what he's saying because there was a huge backlash on J.K. Rowling. And he says, I think anybody who decides to take the huge step with a sex change deserves encouragement and a thumbs up. As long as they're happy and fulfilled, I applaud them to my very last day. But you can't ever become a natural woman. I think that's probably where Rowling is coming from. That's as far as I'm going to go because people get upset if I have an opinion that doesn't line up with theirs. They think I'm being mean-spirited, and I don't want that at all. Then it goes on to say, he came out as transgender comparatively recently, saying at the time, I believe myself probably to be about 70% male, 30% female. I think of myself as a third sex, and it makes things easier. And I've read elsewhere that he's talking about how each human being has a spectrum, a scale of male and female attributes, which I get that, right? Uh, but, like, for you to believe that is for you to believe in the social construct. So, like, in some ways, I'm like, well, what's a man? What's a woman? Like, not biologically, but, like, uh, socially or gender speaking, right? Like, uh, a stereotypical socially constructed male uh, will say they love hunting and guns and sports ball. And I don't do any of those things, right? I'm pro Second Amendment, by the way. I know I know half of you are like, who is this Isaac guy talking about, you know, you're in the conspiracy community, you have to love guns and hunting and sports ball. And I'm here to tell you, I don't. I, I'm pro Second Amendment. I've got some straps myself, but, like, I don't care. Like, it's not my favorite thing on earth. Um, so like in some ways I would say, well, I mean, I guess I'm not like a hundred percent male. Like I'm not, I don't do all the male things, but who made those, who made those socially constructed ideas up? Right. It's what we're told is a real man or a real woman. I can only speak coming from the male perspective, but women get the same thing. You get shamed if you're not, you don't look a certain way or you don't fit into a certain size clothing or whatever and it's like none of this is true this is all bullshit so like why are we fighting over what we identify as because you're fighting to say I fit into the social construct X amount and Y amount I mean it's an interesting discussion right but here's my here's the thing is Richard O'Brien who was making these films in the 70s and 80s with trans uh, I mean, they, they call us transsexual, which I, I think is a problematic term nowadays. Uh, but Frank Averta was transsexual or transgender or I don't know. And I get hung up on the exact verbiage here. I think you would call Frank Averta a, oh dear, a crossdresser? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> see, I don't even like talking about this. I, I'm like Richard O'Brien. I'm just going to not insert my opinion here, kind of. But he was basically promoting the acceptance of LGBTQ rights way back when it would literally get you killed. Many, many years before... I mean, I remember growing up in the 90s, uh, there was a big to-do about a... uh, a, a, I think it was a a girl who was gay in Wyoming that they killed. It was like on the national news. I mean, that was clear in the late 90s. And this guy's making movies about it in the 70s. Like, Like, whoa... That was dangerous for him. So he's a, a pioneer 
for this community. Even he's worried they're going to cut his head off. He made probably the most influential LGBTQ-oriented uh, film of all time. And even he's worried he's not pure enough for these in, like activists that are off the rails, I think. Because he won't agree that trans women, meaning biologically born male equipment, plumbing, can get pregnant. Which I myself don't understand at all either. Like, how, how would you do that? Implanted uteruses? I mean, maybe this can be a teaching moment for me. But, like, to me, like, if you're not born with a plumbing, then how are you going to create life, right? That's no, that's no dig. And that's kind of what Dave Chappelle was, was talking about, making jokes about when he got, uh, you know, roasted. But O'Brien, he, in another interview, says, you can't be a woman. You can be the idea of a woman. You're in the middle, and there's nothing wrong with that. And he's like, yes, that's a very rational idea. I would never demand, me being a man, if I woke up tomorrow and said, you know what, I feel like I should identify as a woman. I would never demand that the public say, okay, Isaac, uh, you're now a female, and we identify you as a a woman. You can uh, use the women's restrooms and such. I wouldn't take that the step further, be like, and, and I could get pregnant, right? Because <laughs> I can't. This is biologically not possible. Right? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But yeah, this whole, the whole LGBTQ movement is, uh, you know, I mean, they don't do themselves any services when they die on these hills of, oh, you can't make jokes about them. Like, who's above getting made fun of? You know, like I'm, I'm below average height. Okay. Some would call that short, <laughs> but I'm not that short. What am I? Five, eight, which is below the average. I think five, nine is the average. So like in theory, I'm short in theory. So what am I going to throw a fit? Cause they make short people jokes. No, you just laugh it off. It's a joke. Now there's a difference between a comedian making a joke and, uh, your supervisor at work making a joke. I'll give you that. Like, there's nuances there, but we are advanced uh, human beings with brains in our head, and we can distinguish between the two things. But yeah, maybe I'm misunderstanding how all this works. But I'm with O'Brien. Like, let's encourage people to not feel shame about what they want to identify as. But uh, we could stop short of saying that biologically born men could have a womb to produce life. I mean, isn't that offensive to cisgender women who have this amazing capability? Now, a guy like me, a biologically born male, is going to demand that I'm just as, uh, I have this amazing, magical creation ability. Like I said, I'm not very well versed on this subject. I just know that Dave Chappelle made a joke about it, and O'Brien has made similar statements that seem very commonsensical, and, you know, it's, uh, it's become quite the quagmire, quite the deal. Now, Lou Adler, to move on, jeez, let's move on. Lou Adler, he is the film and music producer who made Rocky Horror Picture Show. He also made Shock Treatment. He saw, and infamously, here's a curious little history here. He saw the play version of Rocky Horror Picture Show, and he's the one who was like, you know what, I need to make this a film. And it says that when he watched the play, it starred Britt Eklund. You remember who she is? She's that smoke show in Wicker Man. We did a whole show in Wicker Man a while back, several years ago. 
She was married to Peter Sellers and uh, dated Rod Stewart and such. But as far as the cast, almost the entire cast came back. Uh, the, the, the actors who play Magenta and Columbia and Mr. No Neck Narrator, even the, the Hap Shats came back, the Hap Shits. But the big hitters, the big changes, Tim Curry is Frankenfurter, no, not even in the story. Brad and Janet are now played by Jessica Harper and Cliff DeYoung. Now, they, of course, replace Susan Sarandon and Barry Bostwick. Which, of course, you know, the, all, those are the three biggest characters from Rocky Horror. But everyone else came back. Now, how do you replace Susan Sarandon? Well, I mean, Jessica Harper was in Suspiria. One of my favorite movies. And, uh, in fact, both Suspirias, as it were. The remake in 2018. Uh... She was also in Minority Report with the great Tom Cruise. There's your six degrees to Tom Cruise. One degree off. Now, Cliff Young, he was an interesting guy. He was the lead singer of a 60s rock group named Clear Light. Touring with The Doors and Jimmy and Janice. But he was also in Flight of the Navigator. He played the dad, Bill. Old 80s dad, Bill. We talked about Flight of the Navigator. I think we did a whole show on that, didn't we? Yes, because it was in my second Alien book, Alien UFOs and the Occult User Illusion 2. Amazon, Audible, signed copies on Gumroad. You know the drill. A lot of books I'm plugging. Sorry. Sorry if I'm plugging products here. I just have a lot of books that, like, if you want to go deeper into these subjects, you can go as deep as you want. That's all I'm trying to say. If you're like me, you're a sucker for mysteries true crime and once you put me back into a period piece with those old flapper 1920s era time frame you got me i'm all yours so let me tell you about this game called june's journey we're going to escape to a bygone age of mystery danger and romance as you immerse yourself into the world of june's journey a hidden object mystery mobile game that puts your detective skills to the test play as june parker and investigate Beautifully detailed scenes of the 1920s while uncovering the mystery of her sister's murder with hundreds of mind-teasing puzzles. The next clue is always within reach. Now, one thing I like is that it sharpens your vision to look for objects. In case I, I ever make it on uh, one of these reality contest shows, I got to harness my puzzle my puzzle skills and my visual acuity. And, and I, I learned what a pavilion, <laughs> when I was playing the game, I learned what a pavilion was. It's, it's basically a gazebo. I didn't know that, so I'm learning, all right? In each level, you search for hidden objects in New York parlors or, or uh, Paris sidewalks, trying to figure out this scandalous family secret of how June's sister died. It's got some mystery. It's got some danger. It's got some romance. I got the game on my phone right now, and I'm on Chapter 3, and I'm looking for clues on this crime scene photo because we're gonna we're gonna figure out who did this and you're gonna love it they play real like mad chill music so it's kind of relaxing too you get to customize your little luxurious estate with gardens and buildings and such so look if you're into detective work solving clues finding clues scandalous family secrets uh you just want a fun little escape from the dreaded day job or whatever 
this is your game. I enjoy playing it at the end of the day when I'm chilling in bed trying to unwind because it's just a nice little escape kind of game for me. And not only that, poor June, she needs my help to figure out how her sister died. And guess what? June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. He was also in The Hunger, labeled as an erotic horror movie based on Whitley Strieber's novel about vampires, also starring David Bowie and Susan Sarandon. Uh, it's kind of a weird movie. It's kind of avant-garde a bit, as you would expect from David Bowie being in it. Interesting take on the vampire story, though. Starts out really cool. You got to watch the beginning. It has uh, It has like this very new wave... Dungeon dance club scene. Then it gets kind of weird after that. Anyway. uh, Richard O'Brien. He thought about doing a sequel where Frank and Fritter and Rocky. Oh yeah, Rocky's not in this movie either. uh, Where Frank and Fritter and Rocky get resurrected. And Brad and Dr. Scott. uh, Dr. Scott is also not in it. My bad. Brad and Dr. Scott. They commit to their new gay lifestyles. And Janet gives birth to Frankenfurter's baby. That would have been an interesting story, but Tim Curry was out. Jim Charman didn't love it. Susan Sarandon was out. She wanted too much money. So they just came up with the the equal. Not the sequel, not the prequel, but the equal. Now, should you watch it? This is very tough. It's very tough. Um, I would say yes. But you have to be ready to give up and hate the movie and give it a second stab. Because you really got to make it to the end. And then then it was on the... Because you don't know what's happening. It's hard to follow because you're like, what the hell is this crap? But then by the end, you're like, oh, okay, I get what happened. Then you watch it a second time. Then the songs start getting in your head. You're like, okay, okay, this is good. This is good. So, uh, and then on top of that, you can't stream the thing anywhere. In America, you can't get a Blu-ray. All you can get is a DVD. I had to buy a used DVD off of eBay. That's how I had to watch this thing. Which is surprising. It says it even has its own little cult following. Obviously not as big as Rocky Horror. Uh, But it's very prophetic. It's a prophetic movie. You won't believe what we're going to talk about on this thing. You won't believe it. That this movie was made or released in 1981. You're not going to believe it. Um, one of the reasons I watched it was what had happened was I was listening to a podcast and the guest on the podcast did some blasphemy and said that Sock Treatment was better than Rocky Horror Picture Show. I said, no freaking way. And I'd never seen Sock Treatment. I'd heard about it. I said, get the hell out of here. There's no way. And I stand by that. <laughs> Not even close. Not even close. It's really good, though. And I was like, well, now i got to watch it. And I mentioned it, I think, on a live stream. And then a listener named Al emailed me. I'm going to read you what he said. He says, 
I know that it is reviled by most of the Rocky Horror Picture Show fans, but I personally think it's a great film. I would propose in simple terms that the concepts are mainly around identity, mind control, and the unification of entertainment and the surveillance state. It is also a story of an attempt at dual apotheosis between Janet and Farley, manipulated by the latter. We'll talk about all those characters. The soundtrack is fantastic in my opinion. I have recently been listening to it a lot. Now, I, be- I paid attention to this particular email uh, because Al and I were just having previous discussions where Al told me he basically has a job that requires him to hang out in the homes of customers. And he said how he always kind of looks through their DVD collections. And he said the two most common DVDs he sees in people's collections are The Matrix and Donnie Darko, which kind of surprised me. I didn't think Donnie Darko was that popular. The Matrix, I get. But anyway, we'll hear more from Al later, a lot more from Al later. Uh, We're going to hear him sing a rendition of a song just for us. That was the agreement, and he lived up to it. Like I said, I thought I thought it was a setup. I thought, okay, we're gonna do all this, and he's gonna send me this beautifully polished song, like some American Idol BS to get his name out there, which I was still okay with. I was like, that's fine, whatever. And then uh, when I did my part, he was like, okay, damn it. He's like, well, I'm not a singer. <laughs> it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful, and I'm gonna tell you about the beauty of art being in the imperfections. I'm gonna really drop a a knowledge hammer on you at the end of this show. Uh, last thing. How long is this movie? 94 minutes. Perfect. And one fun fact. It was recorded at the Abbey Road studio. So there you go. Now, you've been armed with all the knowledge you need. If you want to go watch the movie and come back, knock yourself out. Uh, you know, I don't know. If I tell you what the movie's about, is it going to ruin it for you? Probably not. In fact, it might even help you, honestly. It might even help you understand what's going on because I didn't know anything about it. I just went in completely... Uh, blind to everything on it. And that's why part of the reason I turned it off because I said, what the hell is this crap? What are they doing? Why are they singing about blenders? You know? So yeah, I don't I don't know that this is going to ruin it for you if you listen, so I don't know. Just listen to it. Or unless you're like a real purist, then come back. Alright, here we go. We hear the narrator discussing uh, an idea about this guy. A guy who had it all and wanted more. More, more, more. Everything he did was fast, and he wanted to spread his fast philosophy, particularly with a woman who was taken, and her name, of course, is Janet. Once upon a time, in a town not far from yours, there lived a real fast guy. His life was fast. His friends were fast. (laughs) Even his food was fast. But he was still not satisfied. He wanted to share his fast philosophy with someone else. A beautiful girl. Trouble was, she was in the arms of another man. So the next thing we see is a television studio. And they do this song and dance singing the praises of Denton, Ohio. And we see the Denton Dossier TV news show start. We're introduced to Judge Oliver Wright. That's Mr. No Neck from Rocky Horror. Uh, He's a judge. They call him Judge Oliver Wright. And 
it's interesting because you have this TV set, and then you got the audience, and and that's kind of where you're at. And the, you're like, okay, we're watching a TV show, the news specifically, and they're interviewing Judge Oliver Wright, and the the producers that work for this TV station are going into the crowd, and they start a conversation with Brad and Janet. And what they're doing is they're starting a manipulation on purpose. And like, I don't know if you know that yet from watching the movie. I just know it from completing the movie. So the, the judge is talking about how the song and dance of Denton, Ohio is a form of manipulation and seduction. And if you listen closely, he talks about how they're calling. And this is all done while they're, on the camera that you see the producers talking to Brad and Janet in the crowd, but you can hear what judge Oliver, judge Oliver Wright is discussing. He talks about the technocrats, the Illuminati. He refers to them as the spider even. And you can hear, uh, you can hear the discussion back and forth as judge Oliver Wright is dropping the uh, knowledge hammer on everybody. Judge Wright. Did you enjoy our anthem? In a way. I detect a note of reticence. Are you perhaps one of those amongst us who feel this emotive form of presentation is overly manipulative? Well, Betty, there are many ways that the spider may catch the fly. There are monetary inducements. Hi, Brad. Hi, Janet. Extortion. Come to the marriage maze. Seduction. I'm exhausted working on this documentary for Farley's new show. Blackmail. Farley Flavors, early sponsor. Prejudice. I tell you, Janet, that guy's as close as we'll come to a successful man in this town. And lies. Thank you, Judge Oliver Wright. And now for a commercial break. Yeah, I thought that was a very uh, clever trick by the people that put this film together. Because they're showing Brad and Janet and the discussion there, but you can hear the audio interject with Judge Oliver Wright's statements, which are foreshadowing the whole uh, big idea, the big concept of this movie. Which, it's all about manipulation through entertainment. And ironically, it immediately cuts over to kids being indoctrinated with this song about this fast food company by a guy named Farley Flavors. Now, Farley Flavors is played by, um, this is one of the confusing points, uh, oh, what the hell is his name? I already forgot his name. The guy who plays Brad. And his name is Cliff DeYoung. Cliff DeYoung plays Farley Flavors and he plays Brad. But Farley Flavors is like the evil version, kind of. Like He's got slick-backed hair and the fancy suit and he's a fast food uh, corporate billionaire. And Brad's just Brad, right? And uh, Farley Flavors, he runs the fast food, but he owns this whole network, this whole studio. The whole town of Denton exists only in this studio, which is very bizarre. So, like, the audience, they never go home. That is home. And it's, like, this big manipulation. And I'll have a photo. Again, uh, Instagram, at Isaac Weishop. Link in the show notes. I'll have photos from this movie that you have to see. You have to see it. You have to like and you have to subscribe. So, Judge Oliver Wright. He, you know, he gets done with his little TV spot and he goes backstage and he's with Betty Hapshat and she says that her and Ralph split up and he mentions that, oh, you know, Betty, you're a free thinker. And she says, 
everything's free here. And this is, you know, maybe a critique on, like, maybe this is the communist, fascist sort of idea where uh, if you're entertained and taken care of too much, you're also being manipulated. An interesting idea. The next show on the TV set is a show called Marriage Maze with a, uh, another character named Bert Schnitt. And it's this, like, German kind of guy who acts like he's blind and he's a slick talker. And you'll notice that the host of these TV shows, they get the crowd really uh, amped up for everything, right? And you can tell they're very good at manipulating. It's very much like watching, if you ever watch those like American Idol or The Voice or whatever, like how it feels very fake. I don't know how to describe it. I don't, I've seen those shows before, but they have like that Hunger Games vibe of, uh, you know, the host from the Capitol where he's very smiley and very much steering the crowd towards his will, like actual magicians, right? And that's kind of how Bert Schnitt is. And he's talking about this new show called The Faith Factory Show that's going to be hosted by Ralph Hapshat and Mary Struthers, who's Ralph Hapshat's new boothang after he left Betty Hapshat. And the judge, Oliver Wright, he sees Brad and Janet in the audience. And he, and he mentions how they represent the old values of Denton. Okay? The old ways. Meaning they're not taking part of this new uh, manipulated form of Denton. So that's a problem to Farley Flavors. The god of the Denton TV studios. A.K.A. the town of Denton. So Bert Schnick, he calls down Brad and Janet as the next contestants on Marriage Maze. But it's not really a game. They just, they call him down and he's kind of mocking Brad the whole time. Talking about how he's an emotional cripple. And Janet, you know, the camera's rolling. The audience is laughing. They're with Bert Schnitt. And they're like, yeah, Brad is an emotional cripple. And Janet's kind of like going along with it because she's being seduced by the cameras. And the whole time, this is set up by Farley Flavors. He wants to split up Brad and Janet. Because he wants Janet for his own purposes. And Bert Schnitt's like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to send Brad over to Dentonvale, which is a, another show. It's actually a mental hospital in the studio there where these neurospecialists uh, will take care of him. And Janet needs to sign off to send Brad in for treatment with these neurospecialists, the McKinleys, right? And Janet's kind of falling for this, and Brad's just kind of being Brad, you know? He's just like, hey, wait a minute, you know? And uh, and Bert's mocking Brad. The audience is laughing. And once the tides turn on you like that, it's a wrap. And Janet succumbs to the pressure. And then she turns around and gets mad at Brad for embarrassing her in front of everyone. Ain't that a bitch? So Brad and Janet, before before they haul Brad off to the mental hospital, they start singing about blenders and toasters. And this is where me and Josie tapped out. This was our first attempt at watching this movie, and we were like, this is stupid. What the F is this crap? They're singing the song, bitching in the kitchen or crying in the bedroom all night, which ironically would later be stuck in my head after watching this a couple times. Now this part is curious because the whole city 
of Denton. We're, we understand now they're part of the filming of the shows, and it's all just about product placement. They're selling products to this town, which, if you've seen Truman Show, is very much like that. And this song is all about the struggles of monogamy. Bitching in the kitchen or crying in the bedroom all night. And they set it up so Brad can get taken away to Dentonville after Brad convinces Janet that this is the best thing for them to work on their marriage. <clears throat> Meanwhile, in uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in Dentonville, we're introduced to Dr. Cosmo McKinley. Goes by the nickname Mac. This, of course, is played by Tim O'Brien, or Richard O'Brien, excuse me, Mr. Riff Raff himself, and his co-worker slash alien sister, if you go off of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, Magenta. Magenta and I, Dr. Nation McKinley, okay? So Dr. Cosmo McKinley and Dr. Nation McKinley, they run the nuthouse known as Dentonville. And they try to get Janet to sign this contract, right? Very Luciferian. And notice, notice the play on words because they call Dr. Cosmo Mac as a nickname. So Mac and Nation, Mac and Nation, which means to plot or scheme. Now, they start accumulating data about Brad. They want to know if he's got blood relatives and then Bert Schnick, he's playing a game, trying to get more details out about Brad. And Janet's pa- parents, because they're in the crowd, right? They live there in Denton, in the TV studio. They reveal that Brad was, in fact, adopted, which will come back later in the story. And he gives them a prize. He gives the, the parents a prize, and it is a home in Denton. And you see all this sponsorship with the corporate oligarchy manipulating everyone. All over the place. And Bert shares this final diagnosis of Brad of infantile regression that he, you know, ascertained from the family with doctor's machination. And at this point, Dentonville has a new, uh, we're, we're told about Denton's new, I'm sorry, <laughs> Dentonville's new sponsor slash owner. to begin on him. Really, Bert, I don't know what we'd do without you. I must confess, the decision to have Brad committed was not strictly my own. No, of course, there's Janet. But if she was so keen on getting him in here, why wouldn't she sign the contract? Uh, no, it wasn't Janet exactly. It was, in fact, your new sponsor. Sponsor? Denton Vale has been sold. Sold? Dear Abbas settled everything. Yeah! You endorse his faith factory, and he endorses your research. Hey! How dare this person take advantage of my weakness? I don't think he intends to go that far. <laughs> Janet goes back to her home, which is just another set on the TV studio. A set for a show called Happy Homes. Now think about this. How far ahead was 
O'Brien with coming up with these concepts. Reality shows, product placements, shows about homes. You know, those are some of the most watched television shows are those, uh, you know, house hunters and the renovation shows and all that crap on HGTV. So Janet goes to her home and we get more product placements for, you know, outfits and coffee makers and all this other crap. Uh, plugging, they're plugging other shows for Denton TV. They're keeping everyone trapped inside this sort of inner loop. And dad goes outside to do some yard work and after he gets pissed off hearing about Mexicans. Because <laughs> I guess he doesn't like Mexicans. And he, you know, the the... The image they're presenting is a very 1950s American middle class family. And he's singing a song about how a real man should do this and do that. Real social contract construct kind of stuff. And the song even says, always remember to follow the rules. And even uh, there's a line in there that's very problematic. He says, F-A-G-G-O-T-S. Can't say that word anymore, right? That's a very uh, cancelable word. Uh, do the history of it. He says that those are maggots, right? A real, a real ironic statement, considering Richard O'Brien is very much not heterosexual. So clearly, he is trying to put this idea of the social construct on full display. And showing that Denton and all of society are, in fact, trapped in their own mental prisons. Kind of like the ideas of Rocky Horror Picture Show, right? Well, then, old Riff Raff, Dr. Mac, Dr. Cosmo McKinley, whatever you want to call him, he talks about the, the, the big owner of this whole thing, Farley Flavors. And he even says something very curious. He says that Farley's going to feed them fast food. And you even hear him talking about mental control going along with that. Vodemir, scrumptious, meine Liebling. I insist on the recipe. Coming from a gourmet, that's praise indeed. Secrets. With fast food Farley at the helm, it'll probably be TV dinners from now on. Farley is already a TV winner, as we shall see. And if you listen close, because this movie moves along really fast, if you listen close, there's some conspiracy talk about Farley flavors and the indi- indig- the the fast food that he serves causing, uh, what do you call it? indigestion, sorry, I couldn't think of it, and how all of the money from the fast food operation is funding this religious movement, the faith movement. So you see all these connections here, and Betty Hapshat, Judge Oliver Wright, Mr. No Neck, they think there's a conspiracy in the town slash TV set studio. And then, uh, as they just become aware of the conspiracy, their show gets canceled, as planned by the powers that be, because they are onto them. You know, I'm convinced of some kind of conspiracy. Conspiracy? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a little far-fetched. Oh, I don't know. Remember Lieutenant Orpheus? He disappeared into that Underworld series and never came back. It's 
sounds like my husband. He never came back either. <laughs> Not after Flavors gave him a commercial break. I am, Polly Flavors. You know, I find it remarkable that his faith factory is being financed by an entire nation's indigestion. <laughs> now, what's curious is, again, O'Brien, decades ahead of his time, because what's happening all around us? We see the censorship of a lot of conspiracy ideas in the name of protection of fill in the blank. It's always liberty for safety. And I'm and look, I'm one of those guys that thinks we as truthers need to be very responsible for our wording and our language. And these are very powerful ideas. And that's why I try to convey to the listener when it's something that's more opinion based right like when i went through the great reset series i think i'm on i think i'm on six episodes with i'm sure six more to come there's actual facts you can pull from their books of where they want to take us and that's a fact you can read right from the books but now the opinion comes in when you base it upon the history of all conspiracy theorists talking about what this leads to. The opinion would be that they want to usher in a Luciferian agenda where we're going to worship the fallen angel. I don't know that for fact. That's my opinion, though. I think that's where we're headed. But, like, if you convey that as a fact, that could be dangerous because there's people that see all this stuff, they don't like it, as they shouldn't, but then they make that big leap of like, well, what, are we going to worship the devil? F that. And you got to be careful because some of those people, you know, maybe they take it a step too far. But I always advocate for, uh, you know, First Amendment, free speech. You got to leave it up to the people to decide what's what. And that's why as truthers, we just got to be careful with our wording. We have to be very careful, kind of like if you watch Ancient Aliens. I talk about this all the time. Uh, if you watch Ancient Aliens, you'll hear the language they use. They say, what if, blah, 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 for the things that they are trying to present as theory. And that's all I'm trying to say. We just got to be careful because they're using the, these ideas as weapons against us because we're the only ones talking about it. Ain't no one else talking about the Great Reset. But you and I know that's a real thing and we're really headed that way. And the real question is, why? What's the true intentions? Because I don't believe the intentions of Klaus Schwab, old Santa Klaus, he's not going to give you the gifts. Anyway, so here's O'Brien talking about how the people who were exposing the conspiracy on the set get canceled by the powers that be. How interesting. And in the same scene, if you look closely and you can look at the image I will put on Instagram at uh, Isaac Wise Up, you can see Time Magazine has a cover that talks about cult classics, and it's got Rocky Horror Picture Show lips right on the cover. Just a fun little Easter egg. Next, at Dentonville in the mental hospital, the doctors, they're telling Janet that happiness is controllable somehow. People think they're happy, but they're not really. And then Farley Flavor starts laying in the level two indoctrination, talking about selling mental health to the world through Janet, the new poster girl, and she's promised all this fame and fortune and so on. Special guest star, Janet Majors. Janet! I've come to see Brad. 
Oh, that's out of the question. He's sleeping like a baby. It's you we're concerned about, Janet. Yes, Janet. How are you? Are you happy? Oh, well, I'm happy. There are countless people in this world, Janet, who believe that they're happy. But they only think they're happy. Oh, well, that doesn't make any sense. This might, Janet. And a big deafen welcome to my new delegation. This is Farley. And I'm here with the score. We're going to package and sell some mental health to the nation with my dream of the girl next door. Well, let me tell you something, brother. I've told you that if you want to be like the Hulkster, you got to get your prayers, training, and vitamins. Be sure to take a lot of vitamins. I mean a lot of vitamins, brother. But now, I got something else for you. Ooh, yeah. You're listening to the free feed, which means two things. You're missing out on bonus episodes, and you're listening to all those annoying commercials. Well, I got a solution, brother. You can support the Conspiracy Theories and Unpopular Culture podcast by signing up for one of the supporter feeds where you can get Isaac's most popular books, The Dark Path and Kubrick's Code for free, brother. Also get bonus episodes every month that the free feed losers never get to hear. You've got a few options, brother, like patreon.com slash Illuminati Watcher or the IlluminatiWatcher.com VIP section, dig it? Or rockfin.com slash creator slash Isaac. Ooh, you can hit the links in the show notes or just go to IlluminatiWatcher.com and hit the tab that says VIP and read about the ways you can unlock all the goods before it's too late. Yeah, brother, what you gonna do when the Illuminati run wild on you? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Now, this is curious because, again, refer to my Instagram to see this image. 
Barley Flavors is shown giving us the hidden hand, the classic Freemasonic symbolism that you see all over the place from the alleged real global controllers. It's like this little hidden, the hidden hand is the hidden uh, symbol they give to each other by inserting one hand within their coat. Hidden. So they cue up the song and he, Farley Flavors is like, hey, who draws in a perfect circle anymore? I'm going to take on the entire human race. And he's got the attitude of your typical fast food corporate capitalist technocrat. Right? Perfection through the science, through the lab. We're going to make these uh, fake foods, Franken foods, and they're better than real food. Which is all fake news. He says, the sun is in the sky is a spotlight just for him. He's a, he's a real narcissist. And you got to be careful with these people. They get this attitude that they are chosen from God and given this platform, this leadership, this power. That's what the hidden hand means is like this symbol of leadership. And he's been chosen and he's going to uh, take care of the human race through his own ideas. He is the modern day God. And he doesn't care that people just want to go to work and take care of their family and live a good life. He wants to get involved, right? And this is what's wrong with the Illuminati. That's one thing we all agree on. Stay out of my life, right? Now, the doctors, they're playing these ideas in Janet's head about how Brad doesn't really like her anymore. And he needs her to be desired by the people. If she gets higher ratings... Brad will like her more. So they're grooming her to be a celebrity. Very American Idol style. Kind of like in what you see in Hunger Games. Again, I'm just saying, O'Brien, he called this many years ahead of all these films and ideas and themes and reality. She thinks that she's going to try to put on the show to get Brad more interested in her, but they're really grooming her for Farley. Now this town, this studio is, is very odd. Uh, it's a weird movie. They they sleep in the their audience chairs <laughs> after the actors sing this good night song. It's very weird. And the next morning, here comes Blind Bert and the doctors prepping to debut Janet onto the Denton Morning Show, the breakfast show. And uh, isn't that the name of the show with uh, Charlemagne and DJ Envy and all that? The Breakfast? No, that's the Breakfast Club. Anyway, the Breakfast Show. Uh, in a fabulous dress with the promise that Brad is going to be really into this whole thing. She comes out onto the show. She's singing me, me, me about how she's coming out because they're really filling up her ego. And uh, when you watch this scene, I'm I'm like 99% sure Folly Flavors is masturbating during this scene <laughs> when you watch it by the way he's responding. Uh, but they say the... They say that this is the secret version of Janet coming out. This is a reference to the shadow. And they do this whole song about her coming out in the black dress. The black dress is symbolic of the black shadow. And we're going to come back to that in the conclusion. Uh, So Betty and Oliver, they're suspicious of this conspiracy going on in Denton Studios. They're onto it. They've been fired. They're watching the events the rest of the film because now they're really curious about what's going on and mr no neck he kind of becomes the narrator again which is great 
He's saying stuff like, the blind leading the blind, <laughs> referring to blind Bert, who faked being blind this whole time until he started <laughs> dancing around uh, Brad with his little straight jacket on as they flaunt Janet's newfound fame. And you can tell the brainwashing is working because now Janet is even referring to Brad as an emotional cripple, a sort of form of neurolinguistic programming downloaded into her. Because they use this exact phrase many times in the film to convince Janet that something's wrong with Brad. He's an emotional cripple. And the handlers, they repeat this to her, I mean, at least three times, you hear it. And she now repeats it because it's working. The indoctrination is working. Another photo for the Instagram. You see Sigmund Freud on the night, a picture of Sigmund Freud on the nightstand of Dr.'s uh, Cosmo McKinley and Nation McKinley. Riff Raff and Magenta. Magenta and I. Then they do a song and the lyrics are saying, look what I did to my id and other ideas of creating this new self. And the lyrics include the devil in rock and roll and hell in the music. And that's what it's about. It's about unlocking this sort of dark side within this shadow version. Which is why which is why Janet comes out with the black dress, which is why Janet is staring in the mirror, because that's a trope. Thank you, Robert Sullivan, who wrote the Cinema Symbolism books. It's a trope. When they're looking in the mirror, it indicates they're doing some internal reflection and summoning the 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 shadow, much like in the film Black Swan. And they're starting to use a new mantra, a phrase. Kind of like how Brad's an emotional cripple. You say that enough and now Janet's saying it too. Well, they start using a new mantra, sanity for today. To represent this new movement in mental health that Farley Flavors is cooking up. And she's getting ready to go back out on stage. And the doctors, uh, Dr. Riff Raff and Magenta, they force a bunch of pills down her throat. She's all zoned out now, right? Meanwhile... Betty Hapshat, she's hacked onto the computer, and we see Riff Raff's home origin. This is 1981, mind you. I mean, I know computers existed back then, but I don't think they were super common, were they? I know, I was too young. But Betty hacks into the computer. She sees that Dr. Dr. Cosmo McKinley, a.k.a. Riff Raff, his home of origin is not from Denton. Then she sees that Brad is connected to Farley Flavors. With uh, And I've got the images. You guys see these images. The microfilm file in which she finds it is 4711. Which harkens back to Rocky Horror Picture Show because Dr. Frankenfurter infamously has 4711 tattooed on his leg. Fun fact, I also have that tattooed. Somewhere, I don't know where. I lose track of all these tattoos I'm getting. Real waste of money, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> but uh, the the uh, the newspaper clipping, it's very curious because it talks about the the orphans, right? It talks about these orphans, and the orphans are none other than Farley. And Brad. It's very curious. Uh, but there's other interesting headlines on this paper. And I took a screenshot. Again, you got to check out the image. It says, uh, you know, 
fast food for Denton, showing how the Western diet came in via Farley flavors and dumbed everyone down. That's what this is all about. That's what, you know, we all agree that Big Brother does not have our health and nutrition in mind. They feed us poison, literally poison. The air is literally full of pollutants and poison. So is the water. And this is indicative of what Farley Flavors is doing to the town. Now he's also entertaining them and dumbing them down in the studio. And another interesting catch is if you look at the very bottom of that newspaper clipping, you could see barely half the headline. It says UFO sighting over Denton, which implies that from Rocky Horror Picture Show, I would assume at the end, when they all take off from the castle in the UFO or whatever, it goes to Denton. Very interesting. So then we find out, okay, Farley, Flavors, and Brad, they both got adopted. They were orphaned and adopted. And that, of course, is the big reveal. Meanwhile, Judge Oliver Wright sneaks into the Dentonville Mental Hospital, rescues Brad from the cell, while they're playing a song called Breaking Out by Oscar and the Drill Bits. But the lyrics are about breaking out of the closet, right? Because you see how there's a parallel with sexuality in this movie. And the song about uh, breaking out could be just an analogy of Brad... You know, whatever. Uh, Because Brad, of course, realizes that he's got some homosexual tendencies in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Remember that? Remember how Richard O'Brien wanted to make a sequel where Brad embraces homosexuality with Dr. Frankenfurter? And even though I think, I guess, Dr. Frankenfurter would be considered bisexual. I don't know. Uh, But Janet was supposed to have his baby as well. Yeah, Remember that whole thing? But we hear that Janet is being used for her image of decency and the perfect ending that everyone will get behind to do this new form of therapy that they keep talking about, this sanity for today. And he says he wants to put sanity back on the national menu, much like fast food. And given the pills we saw them dumping down Janet's throat, it seems to be a narrative on Big Pharma and antidepressants, SSRIs. Again, many years ahead of his time. A lot of things way ahead of its time. And that's kind of the ideas of the antidepressants. Oh, you got depression? Here, pop some pills. And that's just a band-aid. You gotta do the work and get in there and get inside your brain and figure out what's going on. And I'm not saying people out there don't need them. Some people need them. But you got to do the work to get through that if you can. And I would argue most people can. But the American way is eat what you want. Here's some pills. Have negative thoughts all you want. Here's some pills. They want to dumb you down and keep you easily controlled. So Janet, she's crowned Miss Mental Health. And she comes out, but she's all blissed out from these drugs. She's zombified. And the crowd's cheering on. Um, but she's, you know, on another planet. And, and they, they try selling the manipulation. Oh, she's absolutely speechless. Then they call Bert Schnick to the stage. And at this point, he reveals that he's not blind. He's been fixed. He's been fixed. Because Farley's got the answers. 
And they, they call him out and they say the all-knowing and now all-seeing Bert Schnick. His eyes are now open. Much like Rocky Horror, there's a Luciferian uh, inspiration waking up people, opening their eyes. And he thinks um, uh, he thinks that this is all, you know, the celebratory thing. But the crowd, they don't suspect anything. They don't suspect they've been duped this whole time. They're just like, yeah, Burke can see now. Because they've been dumbed down with fast food. And he wants to dumb them down further with medicine. So Bert thanks Farley for all the great things he did for him. Calls him to the stadium or the podium. Farley announces that they're going to connect sanity with vanity and use Janet as the model for all of this. But then here comes Brad busting in with uh, Oscar. Or I'm sorry, Oliver. Brad busts in and he calls out Farley as his twin brother in front of the whole studio. Janet starts waking up and she reveals, you know, she, she kind of realizes she's been duped and she's like, Brad, I never signed that contract. Thank God. So now Brad, Janet, Oliver and Betty Hapshat, they're all joining forces to fight this manipulation of, uh, Farley flavors and crew. And they start calling everyone out in show tunes, of course. And Farley basically says, uh, Brad, you lost your balls and now you lost your girl. And Bert, says, you know, and you hear Bert say they should be sent down to the Danube River at dawn. Uh, I I, I, don't know, I think it's implying he's got some Nazi background or something. Ralph is just like, what? And Bert's like, oh, just, me- just memories. So Brad, Janet, Oliver, and Betty, they all get escorted off stage so Farley can continue to plug his new cult movement of the, the religion mixed in with the 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 pills, the mental health pills. And this new cult religion, he says, sanity today is the spring forward for hygienic tomorrows. And he asked the audience to follow him to Denville, to the mental hospital. And everyone's like, yeah, they're cheering. And they follow him to the mental hospital prison. And they, in fact, get handed shirts on the way in. The shirts have prison bars on them. They're straight jackets. So Brad and his crew... They distract the prison guard so that they can escape, but not before doing a a great little show tune, one of the best ones in the film. It's a song, We're Gonna Do It Anyhow. And it's sort of an allegory for sex if you listen to the lyrics, because there's always this sexual element of these movies. Meanwhile, in fact, if you you don't want to watch this movie, but you liked the first, you like Rocky Horror, and you like the soundtrack. That's This is probably the best song on the Shock Treatment soundtrack. We're gonna do it anyhow, anyhow. It's much better than the way I sing it. So check that out. So meanwhile, with the, the film's wrapping up. And they show the inside of Dentonville. The whole town is happily behind bars. They accept their prison. They're singing about it. They're gleeful about it. They've got the straight jackets on. <laughs> they love it. They love their prison. They're the sheeple. And Farley Flavors and Dr. Riff Raff and Dr. Magenta, they're they're in another room. They're bathing themselves in money and champagne, and they're loving it. And Brad and his crew, the wokesters there, they hop in the car and they escape the studio. And that's the end of the film. Now, in conclusion, let's wrap this up here. 
the and if you watch the extras on the DVD, which I did, they talk about how it was all about reality TV. This is clear back in 1981. They were lampoon. They were lampooning primetime television 40 years before it existed, before it even happened. In the states, and that that was a fantastic sort of integral part of the design, costume-wise, for shock treatment. Just that cartooniness of the audience. Shock treatment. Well, you know, here we're talking about 81, 82, years before the Real World and Big Brother and Survivor and American Idol, and it became, you know, uh, something that uh, people can look back and say, "Gee, that was really ahead of its time." We were many, many decades, you know, ahead of reality television in predicting it. There's no question. That what shock treatment was lampooning in 1980 is now regular primetime TV.、Um, I think it was so far ahead of its years as an idea that I don't think anybody really knew what it was getting at. In that way, shock treatment was pretty far out. I mean, Richard was onto something there. You know, just turn the camera on the on the people, and you're going to make them crazy, and you're going to make them want to be famous, and you're going to make them want to be、uh, a bigger star than the other family member. I mean, if you're a moral person, and somebody comes in and says, "I, you know, I want you can be on television tonight if you do this, this, and this," which normally would seem an immoral or or bad thing for you to do. How many? Of us would say, sure, man, to be on TV, hell, you know, I'll throw all that morality and all my personal beliefs out the window because you know this is America. If if you ain't on TV, you don't really quite exist, do you? I've got a lot going for me, you know. I'm going places. I'm gonna be someone. I'm gonna win my way into the lives and hearts of the people, even if I have to kill to do it. I'll make the pathetic little crones love me. And it's curious because they get,、uh, and there's even a commentary about social media a little bit. They get Janet to act all stupid to get this fame, which is pretty immoral. And that kind of happens today. And the the perfect quote, the takeaway is: If you ain't on TV, you don't exactly exist, do you? Same with social media. You don't have a following. You don't really exist. Uh, so let's wrap. Oh man, we got a lot of inconclusions here. I'm trying to be brief. Before we get to our song, our the real gift at the end of this, we're going to talk about Folly Flavors. We're going to talk about Sanity on the National Menu. We're talking about Shadows. But yeah, this movie truly a shock treatment. After watching Rocky Horror Picture Show so many times over the years, this was a tough pill to swallow. But I stuck it out and watched it twice. And I got to say, the songs are great. The film is great. It really grows on you. It really does. It's hard to believe. Uh, trust me, I know. Some of you are going to try to watch this, and you're going to say, "Isaac, you couldn't be more wrong, buddy." And I'm telling you, make it through once, then watch it twice, and it'll be great. Yeah, but at the first time, and at first you wonder, you'll say, "Why do I hate this movie so much? It's got like the same actors, similar songs, a similar setup, and, and、uh, narrative." The fingerprints and the DNA of Rocky Horror Picture Show are all over this thing. And to be honest, the content of what they're talking about is actually more applicable and more smart and more intelligent. 
It's about the global elite getting what they want through manipulation, specifically television, reality television, to be even more specific, product placements. Farley Flavors, he's wrapping up all this manipulation in red, white, and blue throughout the whole film. Patriotism as the Trojan horse. And of course, we've got this Shadow and Id talk, and this is throughout the whole movie. You saw Freud on the nightstand, and there was a whole song called Look What I Did to My Id. And what that means is Freud, he's the guy who came up with this model of human psychology and the human mind. And the Id is kind of like the instinctual, I don't know, reptilian brain. The ego is the personal version of reality, and the superego is like the collective reality, the social construct. The id is where your primitive animal drives are for sex, which is why sex is always such a big theme in these movies. The superego is the collective morality that tells you, uh, you know, this type of sex is bad or whatever. And then you got the ego that mediates. This is the voice that tells you not to do something that the id wants to do because the superego says this is not acceptable. So that's why you see Freud on the nightstand. That's why there's a song, Look What I Did to My Id. That's why Janet is wearing the black dress. And she's looking in the, into the mirror and saying uh, things like, I'm going to be famous and they're going to love me, even if I have to kill somebody. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And she leaves her mans. She leaves her mans Brad. She got duped. You've been played. You played yourself, Janet. Uh, Brad's an orphan. And his brother is Farley Flavors. And that's on purpose. Farley Flavors is the shadow to Brad. He's like evil Brad. And this whole film is about a struggle between the id and the superego. And Denton is a prison. Prison of the mind repressed sexuality all that kind of like Rocky Horror Picture Show uh, we already talked about the big pharma idea uh, but yeah that's kind of a big a big theme here they want to put sanity back on the national menu if you watch the news you'll see the gang of big pharma medications you can take 
You see how much Big Pharma contributes to the, the mainstream media companies, the government, Congress, lobbyists. Then we've got the Klepoth talk. You want to go occult, occult, uh, devilish here. <laughs> devilish. Doesn't even make sense. Farley flavors. F being the sixth letter, and we've lots of them. Farley flavors. Faith factory. FF, double Fs, could be 66 if you go by numerology with the Klepoth, which ironically showed up in my Rocky Horror Picture Show analysis. The whole chapter in my book, I wrote a book, I don't know if I told you this, I wrote a whole book on Rocky Horror called It's Just a Jump to the Left. It's like a little mini book. It's also available in a compilation book I wrote called Alice in Rocky Horrorland, which features my articles on... Alice in Wonderland, Google's transhuman hell idea. I wrote that like back in 2014, by the way, a long time ago. Uh, and The Alchemist, a review of the book The Alchemist. And you get all these books, you know where to get them. Oh, and I've, I've plugged a lot of books on this show, this episode. You can actually buy, if you want to get all of my books, the cheapest way to get them is a massive bundle package on my Gumroad. That's the only place you could do this. You'll save a grip of money. Gumroad.com backslash Isaac W. Uh, you can get all the books. Buy them in one fell swoop. You'll get them all signed. It'll be great. Now, in the Rocky Horror Picture Show book, I have a whole chapter called The Vampire Kleepoth of Rocky Horror about how Frankenfurter and company could very well be the fallen angels of the Kleepoth. They do call Frank Dr. X, right? X being the unknown, the resurrected Osiris, the Antichrist from the abyss. And Riff Raff and Magenta are the archetypes for Samael and Lilith. And you can read more about that in the book. But when Bert comes out at the end and he announces that he's no longer blind, he can now see, he attributes it to Farley Flavors, the 6-6. The Luciferian Klepothic force that opened his eyes, just like Frank Frankenverter did in Rocky Horror for Brad and Janet. Now I'll put a link in the show notes where you can get that massive book package, or I don't know, I'll link you to the Rocky Horror. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna refresh the Rocky Horror podcast that I did a few years back to keep it real easy. It's definitely worth taking a listen. You know, since we're doing the sequel, why not, right? Now for the best part of the show. And I need to preamble this. The best part of the show is going to be Al, a listener. Uh, uh, another another truther out there. Al's rendition of Rose Tint My World at my request. It's my favorite song from Rocky Horror. It's a long one. And I told him, that. I said, Yo, you don't have to do this. Because this is the longest song on this soundtrack, but it's my favorite. This is the part on the stage show where all the rookies to Rocky Horror, they start tapping out because they're bored. Because there's no more toilet paper to throw. But it's the most emotional part of the film. It's where everyone, all the characters, they drop their guard. They drop the, the super ego. And they put it all out on Front Street. They let that id go out. They crush the ego. And they're just living their most authentic lives. And that's why I love this song. 
And that's why, that's why I asked Al to sing it. Now, be forewarned, be forewarned, the auto, audio quality is not good. About halfway through, it actually switches to a higher quality, so hang in there a little bit. Uh, and I'm, of course, putting this at the end of the show in case you're really not into this. So it's a no-pressure listen. But let me try to explain to you why you should enjoy this and why I appreciate it. I myself find art in the beauty of imperfection. Kind of like sometimes it's it's more fun to watch crappy backyard wrestling over this polished WWE stuff some, sometimes. And you can apply that logic to most any form of entertainment. Sometimes the SoundCloud rappers are better than the top 40 rappers. And I actually prefer that this audio quality is shit. I I think it's even raining in the background. I don't know what's going on over there. And this is a real listener. A real a real one out there. I thought he, I thought he was going to be this guy trying like a real singer trying to get his way onto the voice onto the podcast, which I was okay with still. I was like whatever. But no. After after some email exchanges, uh it's just a guy. He's he's vulnerable enough that he's going to do it. I wasn't going to I wouldn't sing a song for you guys. And we love each other. <laughs> this guy, he lays it all out. I was like, bravo, Al. Bravo. Uh, he actually didn't think I was going to do any of this. He didn't think I was going to do this show at all. He didn't think I would watch the movie. He said he's never got anyone to watch Doc Treatment. So I did it. And I held on my end of the bargain. Did the show, which I thought was very valuable. And uh, here's his part of the deal. Bonus points for the British accent. You'll hear him talking. He's adding commentary. These are the call and responses from the show, right? A bit shaky in it. And for the first 30 seconds or so, you'll hear some conspiracies he's into. He's talking about 5G, fluoridation, shite TV, movie programming. You know, everything's a conspiracy until it comes knocking. Well, ain't that true? Uh, so this one's for uh, for all you to listen to. Thank you, Al. I love that you did this, even though you really didn't expect this to happen. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And here's the show. Until next time, stay woke. Man, have I got the conspiracy believers? 5G tower going up on the end of the street? Check. Jab, it's was coming to schools near you. Check. Water fluoridation rollouts in your area. Check. Shite TV programs and films. Check. You know, everything's a conspiracy theory until it comes knocking. But that's okay. So it's a storm. We're all children of the storm. This is where we live. Screw the conspiracy blitz. Yep, that was me kicking the cat litter. It's all clean. Just like my language. This is high tech. I hope you like it. Mm. It was great when it all began I was a regular Frankie fan 
but it was over when he had the plan to start working at a muscle man. Now the only thing that gives me hope is my love of a certain dope. Who wouldn't? Rose to my well keeps me safe from my trouble and pain. Oh yes, I'm just seven hours old and truly beautiful to behold. And somebody should be told my libido hasn't been controlled. Now the only thing I can't trust is an orgasmic rush of lust. Rose is my world and keeps me safe from my trouble and pain. It's beyond me. Help me, mommy. I'll be good, you'll see. Take this dream away. What's this? Let's see. Oh, I feel sexy. What's come over me? Oh, yeah. Here it comes again. Oh, I feel released. Bad times, dances. My confidence has increased. Reality is here. They has been disbanded. My mind has been expanded as a gas that Frank is landed. He's lost his soul since Oh yes. You're gonna have to wait for it. I am. What happened to Favre? That delicate, satin draped frame has clung to her thigh. Oh, I started. Cry. Because I wanted to dress just the same. But my alien parents just wouldn't allow me to drag until I got a lawn. Give yourself over to absolute pleasure. Swim the warm waters of sins of the flesh. That's kind of naughty. Nightmares beyond any measure and sensual daydreams to treasure forever. Can't you just see it? Whoa. I hope Amazon doesn't come in this.
Don't dream it. Don't dream it. Yes. If you can swim, don't dream it. Be Otherwise, you have to have dry dreams, I suppose. Got to be strong. Won't try to hang on. Oh, that's my mind. Maybe I'll snap, crackle, pop. Until my life. Believe Heaven's sake. For the thrill. It's beyond. God is really sincere. Hey Frank, he's Paul, is it? Let's be predictable. Come on, come on, come on. Ma 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 Rose to my world, keep you safe from my trouble and pain. We're a wild and an untamed thing. We're a bee with a deadly sting. You get a hit and your mind goes pain. You hide a thump and your blood will sing. So let the party and the sounds rock on. We're gonna shake it till the night has gone. Rose to my world, keep you safe from my trouble and pain. No pain, no pain, don't want the pain. Just the fun. Give me the fun part. Or some paracetamol. We're wild and an untamed thing. We'll be with a deadly sting. You get a hit and your mind goes pink. Your heart will pump and the blood will sing. So let the party and the sounds rock on. We're gonna trick it till the light has gone. Rose to my well, keep you safe from the trouble and pain. On oh, my party. What's happening to the party? What's happening? Thinking further, it's all over. Your mission is a failure. Your lifestyle's too extreme. I'm your new commander. Bad luck, mate. You know I'm a prisoner. We return to Transylvania. Prepare the transit beam. Oh, it's a shame. I'm kind of enjoying myself. But here we go. On the day I went away. 
was all I had to say. I want to come again and stay. Smile, that will mean a Cause I've seen blue skies through the tears in my eyes. I realize I am going home. Yeah, me too. You can come. You can come with me. All of you. Everyone's welcome. Everywhere. It's been the same. Mm-hmm. Feeling outside in the rain. Free. Try and find the game. Cards for sorrow, cards for pain. Oh, this must be fake in the film. Cause I've seen, oh, blue skies through the tears in my eyes. I'm going home. Is it such a bad thing? I don't know. It's home like. I'm going home. I'm going home. I guess if my job was like yours, I'd probably just uh Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 